Hey, welcome everyone. This is Barry Rook from The Cider Crate. Uh, thanks for joining us for our podcast video series. As you can see, we have a special guest. I'll, uh, I'll let him introduce himself in just a moment. Uh, for those following along on the podcast only, uh, we are hopefully putting this up available for video as well on the Cider Crate YouTube channel. So you can go ahead and check that out if you'd like to, to follow along there. Um, this is our slow sipper series, so we're going to get a little more in-depth into some of the questions with a cider producer. And well, why don't I let you introduce yourself, Richard, and, and where you're from? Sure. Um, so uh, my name is Richard Liu, um, and I'm the, uh, the owner of Ironwood Cider in Niagara Lake. I've uh, been doing this uh, since 2013, um, so happy to be here. Oh, thanks so much for joining us as, as we've chatted. I think we've chatted in the past. I'd have to double check. At some point, we probably crossed over. And I know we I visited, I visited your new facility that you've just gotten opened up. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Ironwood and, and how it all got started? Sure. Um, so as you alluded to, um, so we we're just uh, about to uh, launch our new cider house in Niagara Lake. Uh, it's, uh, it's on the farm on the same farm, on the same facility. Um, it's about uh, 10,000 square foot expansion. So it's, uh, it's, quite, a, it's quite a bit of projects. Um, we, so uh, kind of, you know, a little bit about the history, but uh, I, I, I purchased this uh, fruit winery business in 2013, about eight years ago, and uh, sort of uh, got into the, uh, the cider space uh, maybe a year later, uh, it was actually part of the uh, the portfolio that we had. Um, but to be honest, uh, it was it wasn't really something that we really looked into until a year after, um, just because of uh, my you know, for lack of better uh, terms, but my lack of understanding uh, of the uh, of the industry at the time. Well, I thought I knew a little bit, but you know, once you get into it, you're like, no, no, there's a lot, there's a lot to learn. Um, so, uh, we kind of, uh, really delve into the, uh, the Ironwood Cider brand, uh, in 2014, we got, uh, listed, I believe in 2015 and the rest is sort of the history. Um, and, um, we're, um, you know, we're happy where the craft cider is, uh, obviously we can do a lot better. Um, but, uh, in general, I would say that it's been a very rewarding journey since I, um, since I kind of gone to that uh, cider cider train, I guess. So, was there a specific sort of uh, you know moment or reason why you decided? Well, maybe uh, the cider was an area that you needed to focus on. I mean, okay, so uh, so uh, the place was called and still is called um, um, Sunnybrook. Um, so Sunnybrook Farmer State Winery was sort of the precursor of the uh, of the operation here it specializes in fruit wine which is obviously anything that's other than uh, than than grapes essentially and um you know we were doing you know i would say the focus definitely at the very start was sort of uh, on the more of the fruit wine base um but eventually you know what cider draws me in was uh the fact that uh, number one it's a refreshment category um, so, uh, you can probably do a lot more from a branding standpoint. So that draws me in for sure. Number two was, um, you know, I started really getting to the, uh, sort of the Apple history of Ontario and, then the, uh, the more I learned about sort of the, uh, the history that apples has in, in, you know, in, in, in Ontario, Canada, the more I like it. Uh, I've obviously I've, uh, you know, have, you know, I've eaten apples since, 
you know, I was a baby. So, you know, it's not really, it's, you know, it's one of the most well-known fruits out there. Um, but uh, it just, uh, it just, you know, the rich, rich history that uh, the Ontario has with growing apples and, uh, and just how this cider thing really connects with the, uh, the, the local agriculture really draws me in. Um, I would say um, some of the, uh, the fruits that we're growing. Um, so we also have uh, pears, um, peaches, um, berry, and uh, you know, obviously berry fruits like blueberry or cranberry. Uh, really the one thing that Ontario grows the best of all the fruits that we, we work with is apple. And so when, you know, once I start to get a better understanding of, uh, of, uh, of, of where Ontario is, as far as fruit growing goes, it's a no brainer to, uh, to really narrow down into cider, uh, which obviously is apple juice fermented and, uh, and, and kind of go from there. Well, it sounds like uh, the mystique and the interest around the apple is what really got you moving forward from from your starting point to, to where you're at now. Um, right. ha- has there been a large change in the industry since when you got started to now? And, and if so, what have you sort of experienced in that process? Uh, big time. Um, so I think I joined. Um, so. So yeah, so when I first joined the uh, the you sort of like you know start to uh, think and do more about on the cider side, I got you know I was uh, I started meeting you know a bunch of great folks. Um, that was probably late 2013, early 2014, um, and uh, things was really different back in those days. Uh, I think there were probably less than 10 cider producers in the province. Um, and, uh, the first person I was, uh, I got to meet, I believe was, uh, Nick Sutcliffe, um, uh, from Pommies. And, uh, and very quickly I started to know more people, uh, in the industry, obviously that includes, uh, the late Grant Hoss, um, and, uh, Chris Hallworth from West Ave, uh, Brock Podcombe and, uh, the, you know, the two mics, um, and, uh, Mike and Mark at, uh, Twin Pines and uh, all those guys and obviously Tom Wilson. Um, so it was a very, you know, close knit group at that time. And, uh, and I, you know, and obviously, you know, since then, you know, last seven, six, seven years, uh, there was an explosion of, uh, craft cider, uh, in Ontario and, uh, it's uh, now, I believe we have, uh, well, you have this number better than I do, um, but I'm pretty sure we have four, more than a hundred uh, craft cider producers in Ontario. So uh, that's a big change from uh, less than 10 or say 10 to 20 um, to uh, to hundred. You know, so that's, uh, that's a pretty amazing growth for sure. Is the camaraderie still like it was back then? Is there still people reaching out asking for help or offering help? Or has it become a little bit more of an industry and a little less of, a, you know, some friends coming together and, and doing something new and, and groundbreaking? Right. Um, I would say the dynamics is obviously different. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's still, you know, a lot of camaraderie in terms of uh, people willing to uh, helping out others and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the same, I guess, you know, similar to the wine industry or the beer industry uh, or the spirits. Um, you know, anytime there's a explosion of growth, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's going to be, 
you know, people with different opinions on how things should go. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it just kind of, you know, just the way it works. Right. Um, but uh, for the most part, I would say uh, the, it's still a very, you know, you know, close knitted group. Um, and, um, and at the end of the day, everyone just wants to see uh, this category, um, you know, growing the best it could and be, at, you know, the best place it could be. And as you said, over 100 cider producers now in Ontario, a large growth. When we got into this in 2015, we estimated there's around 45 or 50 and, you know, so double in the last five years. And that that's, you know, pretty, pretty normal now across Canada, looking at close to 370 producers with one or two new coming online each week. Is there something in the industry that surprises you? That when you before you got into it, or even now that you've learned a little bit more about it, um, that you're sort of surprised happens. Um. Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, you know, it is a uh, it, it 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 is a true Ontario industry. The way I look at it, uh, just because, um, like I said, Apple has a you know. Apple is basically the way I see it. Um, Apple is Ontario crop. That's what Ontario is known for is Apple. So it's not surprising to uh, to see a lot of interest in why I would consider the crop of Ontario, the fruit crop of Ontario. Um, so uh, so that having that that being said, though, it is a a newer category. Uh, it's not wine or beer. Um, you know, cider still, I would say, for the most part, has a uh, as a stigma uh, in the uh, in the mainstream's eyes, in terms of what they think cider is, and then you know, I mean, I mean, you're probably the same as me, where you would be like, no, 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 that's not what you, you know. The, the cider you're referring to is not really what I'm referring to, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 you still see that on a daily basis. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's uh, it's definitely not. Uh, it's you know, from a category standpoint, it is a lot less known than the other. Um, so. It, 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 you know, with that being said, it is surprising to see how many people are jumping on board, uh, hoping to offer, you know, artisanal, you know, locally made craft ciders um, to, uh, to, to the markets. Um, and, uh, but at the end of the day, like, uh, honestly, like that's, uh, that's how the craft beer got their growth is, uh, is being able to offer, to have these, um, you know, craft offering at every small village uh, or town, townships of Ontario. And that's really why they have such a good growth is because uh, they're really, you have to start at the grassroots level. The way I look at it is uh, when you're trying to build a local uh, industry, the best way to do it is from the bottom up. Um, and that's what Craft Cider is doing uh, with all these uh, growth from uh, small town. And a lot of those uh, are small town producers, which I think is, uh, is really good for the industry. Yeah, great for local community, great for for the apple growers, for the other fruit growers and for, you know, taxation and and what keeps, you know, the roads paved and everything like that as well. Plus, Ontario makes an an incredible product, right? Um, And it's something that having a chance to have sampled close to a thousand ciders, most of them Ontario based, um, you know, there's a little bit inside that says, you know, we should be larger and growing and bigger than what we are and get more of that representation because of, again, the product and the variety that's available. Uh, You were there at the beginning sort of uh, as a role at the chair for the Ontario Craft Cider Association. Could you tell us 
how it was like when you got involved and what were some of those big challenges that were sort of starting right. up that process. And, you know, maybe I know there's a little bit of some of those big wins that you've had along the way as well. That'd be nice to share with us. Sure. Um, so I don't really want to tie myself on my back, to be honest. I mean, it's a, it's always a group efforts. Um, so I joined OCCA, um, Ontario Craft Cider Association, uh, the moment, you know, I believe in 20, 2014. Um, so uh, basically joined right away. And that's kind of how I got introduced to, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the OGs, I would call them, uh, of the industry. And um, I believe Nick was the, uh, the chair and then uh, at the time, and then it was passed down to Tom. And they did, you know, some really good, great works um, with in terms of, um, you know, helping the, the craft cider to, uh, to be more recognized. Um, both, both in the marketplace and obviously most important in the, in, in, in the government's eyes. Um, so uh, those are, um, so, so I took, so I took over the, the, the chairman position uh, in 2018 and 2019. Um, uh, those were the two years I was the, uh, the chair. And uh, I would say um, the one thing that I would say I'm pretty proud is, uh, is to uh, kind of give it some, uh, some of the marketing supports um, because I've always uh, come from, the belief that, you know, you can do all your talks with the government, it's all good, but at the end of the day, it has to make sense from the market standpoints. And so, uh, so I think the first thing, and it was just a, it was actually fairly, a, pretty much a coincidence, but uh, uh, it was, maybe it was like maybe two weeks in uh, after the AGM, um, there was a, uh, a event with uh, George Solius, who's the, uh, the CEO of LCBO, as everyone you know, probably know. Um, so I, I, I walked to him, I introduced myself, I, you know, I told him that, uh, hey, I'm from, I'm, you know, I'm Richard, I'm from, you know, OCCA, I'm a cider producer, um, how can we get support from the LCPL? And, uh, and, you know, George was pretty, uh, was pretty, you know, he's, he's, he was pretty friendly and uh, passed, um, and, you know, and immediately passed the fi this file to, uh, to his associates. And that's kind of how we started talking to uh, Chris Robertson, who was the uh, the director of uh, Beer and Cider, and uh, and we started um, having regular meetings with the LCBL. And uh, uh, I, I I think it was probably and I think it was probably six or twelve month, months after then we got our own Ontario Craft Cider shelves um, in the LCBL. Um, so. I think that was a good start, a great start. Obviously, I would love to get what the VQA and the craft beer guys do uh, get. I think we're still fighting that battle um, because uh, it, it does take time. And obviously, if you want to grow the category, you have to work with the only retail <laughs> operator in the province, which is LCPO. And, uh, and, and those are kind of the, so that, that's the one thing that I would say that, uh, that I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty proud of. Um, and, uh, we also did some, um, you know, kind of the uh, events, um, and sort of, uh, you know, the new stuff. Um, so that's kind of all happened under my, uh, my, my, you know, my tenor. Um, I wish I could do more on the government, you know, on the GR side of things. Um, and so obviously we were really involved, uh, with regard to, uh, the, uh, the reform. I mean, um, the first year I, I was actually, um, I think the change of the party happened um, on my first year. Um, so when I took over, it was still a liberal government. 
Um, but uh, I think it was maybe six months after then you changed into uh, into a uh, into a PC government. And obviously, um, uh, without going into too much details, but uh, they, you know, obviously everyone knows there was a uh, was really quick change uh, in the in, in the finance file. Um, so uh, when you know their first guy was uh, Fidelity, and uh, he didn't, you know, it, you know things didn't work out, and then uh, and quickly the file got shuffled. And so uh, you have to basically every time there's a change of personnel, you have to start from ground zero sort of thing. Um, so that was a uh, that was a difficult process for sure. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, something that we're still fighting on um, and, and, and hopefully we'll do, you know, we'll get what we want to get, uh, um, you know, sooner or later. Um, so so those are kind of the things that I would say happened in a nutshell. And I think a lot of that led towards some other big changes in the sector. We're now seeing it uh, available at grocery stores as well, uh, which is, is a huge outlet opportunity for some producers. Um, obviously, with COVID-19, we've yeah. seen some challenges uh, when it comes to distribution. Pretty much bar sales uh, you know, stopped for, for many, many spaces, and there had to be a pivot at that local level. Um, and we've seen the five acre rule both be uh, put on hold, uh, as well as the ability for yep. um, product to be purchased in house at, at restaurants and bars. So there's there's been some big changes about yep. that. Um, do you see things moving forward in progression that's going to make it easier for producers and distributors to get their product outside of their their local little market there and and grow? Or do you still see that there's some major uh, challenges both economically and socially um, for for this to continue to grow at the pace that it has in the past. Um, I mean, the grocery is definitely a big you know a big one. Uh, they obviously has a very different system than you know the way LCPO merchandise their uh, their 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 beverage you know alcohol products. Um, Everyone has kind of what they, you know, their own wish list, and that obviously includes the grocery operators. Um, I would say um, at this time, you know, the craft guys are obviously trying to get all the supports they can uh, in this very competitive. Uh, it's a competitive uh, category or industry. I mean, uh, um, it's 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 extremely competitive. Um, but um, but at the end of the day, if the market wants it it'll have a fighting chance. And that's, that's really, you know, it's always been my motto is that you have to really convince the, uh, the market, which is the buying consumers. Uh, they need to genuinely like the products. And if they like the product enough, they will seek you out. Whether it's online deliveries, which is obviously really big, you know, these days, or, uh, or, or requesting from their local uh, bars or restaurants, uh, which is, uh, I would say, still very much a, a market-driven, uh, you know, you know, economical activity. Um, so those are those are the things. You know, I I would just say that uh, the more people they know and learn more about cider, um, they should. You know, there's a good chance that um, you know they might like it and and decide that this is their go-to. And uh, the more we do this, um, you know, the bigger kind of that bigger the pie it is. Um, it's not beer or wine, uh, whereas um, I would say. You know, those are fairly well received, uh, generally uh, uh, understood products categories. Uh, you know what you're getting basically when you say, I, "Hey, I would like the bottle of say a cap." You know that's you know you know what you're getting. But with cider, I would say there's still a lot of uh, education that needs to be done, 
And once people know more about what this, you know, this product is, the market, the, the, the pie can only be bigger. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think that's what the uh, the industry is hoping for is that one day we can reach to the, the critical mass. And there's really two things at it. There's one is the uh, the general accepted view of the uh, the category as a whole, and the other is obviously you know sort of a um, small versus big. So as a small guys, um, there is an existing cider market about you know let's say 100%. We're about 20% right now. So how can we go from 20 to 40 to 60 in this growing pie? Like, I think that's kind of what everyone's question is, is uh, how, how can we make that happen? And, uh, and, and what ways can we do to, uh, to, to, to expedite that process? And, uh, and, you know, obviously we can go on forever on that, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I do think that there's still a lot of growth potential um, in insider. And uh, I'm sure that's why everyone's still kind of like grinding it and uh, to least day um, to see how that would work you know, in that next few years timeframe. You're a Asian Canadian cider producer. There's, there's not many uh, in the, the Ontario industry that have, uh, you know, the diverse uh, background of color or, or minority. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty welcoming and friendly community. Um, ha- have you experienced that? Have you experienced discrimination in this, in the industry as well? Uh, I, to be honest, no. Um, and I think I can say that fairly confidently, like, or else, you know, I wouldn't be at the place I'm in today. Um, so, uh, it's, you know, to answer your, you know, the last question. Yeah, no, I haven't really received any sort of backlash. Um, I am probably, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one, uh, only Asian, <laughs> uh in in my in my in my industry um so and i'm really proud of that to be uh, for sure um but uh at the end of the day i think uh you know i I, you know as long as you're doing what you're doing is helping everyone or sort of like everyone's working towards a common goal um i don't I, i i don't really see how that would be an issue um, so, uh, so yeah, so it's, 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 uh, it's great. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's definitely the one thing that I would say, um, you know, kind of, um, push our, you know, kind of the, 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 the our mindsets to our new branding with, with regard to, uh, Ironwood is to really, uh, showcase, uh, how inclusive, uh, Canada is. Uh, I like, you know, I, I tell people like, um, you know, probably mostly, outside of Ontario or just people from, because you know, obviously it's, you know, there's a lot of people with different backgrounds in, in our community. And um, so, you know, one day I would see an Indian Canadian one day, the other day, I probably see a, say a Mexican or a, um, some, you know, or European or whatever. And uh, you know, we'll talk, you know, we'll start chatting about you know, things that they do. I do. And, uh, and eventually they, you know, most people will be like, yeah, like that's, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool that uh, you're, you know, that, uh, that Canada is so inclusive and so welcoming of uh, people of different cultures and, you know, colors and stuff like that. And uh, I, 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 I think that, uh, you know, my, my, my kind of my view on this is to uh, try to focus a little bit more on the positives. I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't talk about the negatives. There's definitely, you know, think a lot of things that we can be better on. Um, but I think uh, having that success story 
um, and some of the feel good um, stories is also very critical to a uh, to a uh, to to kind of uh, to to kind of make make sure that we're heading the right direction too. So uh, so yeah, so that's kind of uh, that's kind of sort of my experience with it. With uh, obviously there was a decent amount of backlash around a- Asians with COVID nineteen. Do you have any any comments or around that, or do you want to speak a little bit about that? Um. Yeah, I mean, I personally haven't seen it myself. Um, I, I obviously I see a lot on the medias, and that's you know that's what media do. Um, their job is to uh, is to uh, is to uh, is to uh, is to broadcast information that they think their viewerships want to see. Um, I you know I'm not saying that there's you know it doesn't exist uh, for sure it, it does. Um, but um, but yeah, not like personally, and and honestly, like you know, I'm you know whether it's uh, BOM or this you know the latest thing, like um, it's it's you know it's 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 just you know everyone wants to feel safe, and uh, in in the environment that they live in, I think that's uh, that's 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 universal, um, and uh, and you know whether you're talking about you know the females or the LGBT, they, they, you know, obviously there's a lot of you know there's a lot of social movements. And, uh, and at the end of the day, people just want to be respected for who they are and what they believe in. And, uh, I, I personally, you know, I, I, so I was, uh, I was born in Taiwan, so I'm Taiwanese Canadian and, uh, Taiwan is the, uh, the first country in Asia to, uh, to, to legalize, um, gay marriage. And so it's a very, it's a, it's a very progressive, it's probably the, I would say it's probably the most progressive Asian, Asian country. Um, and, uh, and so I come, that's the values that I come with. Um, it's, uh, you know, I can't speak for other countries in terms of why they believe in or what their governments believe in, but, uh, you know, because of how new Taiwan is as a country, like, uh, I, I think that it's, uh, it's, it, there's a lot, a lot of values that we share in, in terms of in Canada. And, uh, and that's why it's, it's very easy for me to be aligned. Uh, with sort of the uh, the values that you were referring to, um, and uh, and I hold those values dearly, for sure. Do you have any advice to someone who has a as a non-white Caucasian back male background coming into uh, the cider industry? Um, if if they're looking to get involved, or or in general, anybody that's looking to start up, what would you say is? Anyone, yeah, anyone should be anyone should do what they believe they can do. That's always been my core belief. And, um, you know, obviously there's both uh, business and uh, personal reasons in terms of what, you know, the things I'm doing right now. Um, but uh, I, I just think that, uh, you, know, I, you know, and definitely there are times where I was talking to people and people were like, oh, that's cool. Um, and uh, it's great that you're doing this. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, if the world has more people doing what they truly are passionate in and what they truly believe in, the world will be a better place, a hundred percent, because uh, it's it allows people to uh, to be really, um, you know, to be to do whatever they want to do without any sort of a uh, uh, I won't say repercussions, but just sort of a restrictions. It just uh, it's it just you know, I mean, we're you know, it's 2020, 2021. Uh, I mean, we come a long way, um, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 the world's a bit just you know it's just a better place when everyone is uh, you know showing respect 
and uh, you know, you know, interacting with other people, you know, doesn't matter what they come, you know, come from. Like, you know, you you can you can agree to or disagree. I'm not saying that you have to agree with their opinions, uh, but you have to respect with their opinions and where they're coming from because everyone has their own stories. Everyone has their own you know value systems. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into religions because that's a you know that's a that's you can't win from that. Um, but uh, it's 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 just something that you know I give you space. You know we respect each other. We might see differently on these issues, but we'll see the same. It's like you know, you know the biggest you know the the one thing that I would say uh, is you know it's similar to uh, beverage in the, you know industry is sports. You know like we can be you know we can be very different, but we're both Maple Leafs fan. Then you know we have a common goal. And uh, and you know everyone just wants the Leafs to uh, to to get you know far in the playoffs and hopefully win the cup, and uh, and those are kind of the things that uh, I think the world needs more, because um, like I said, it just it's just a better place, um, you know when people are you know friendlies and they're just like hey, you know that's fine, but um, we can still be good friends, and I think that's really what matters at the end of the day. And, and even if you're a Boston fan, I'm sure you'll get along as well, right? Same ideas. And, and hopefully f- that's something that we're going to see coming out of this pandemic, that there are going to be those more positive changes, both socially, economically, environmentally is another huge thing that we're at this sort of precipice of an opportunity for us going forward, as well as we could be going over the edge of a cliff and and not getting any further along. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, no, for sure. Yep. Um, no, environmental might be, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, with the, with, with farming community, it's, uh, it's, it's a touchy subject for sure. A hundred percent. So do you, do you see anywhere where the cider industry is either looking to go or where you would like to see the cider industry moving towards? Um, okay. So my big thing always, and, and, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I'm still doing what I'm doing today is that I really truly believe that we have a really good shot to, uh, to make cider, you know, Canadian. As, as in, when, I'm, when I say that, I mean internationally. When people think about what Canada does really well on, um, you know, I'm hoping that one day will be cider. I mean, obviously ice wine sort of, and Canadian whiskey, um, there are some of the, uh, you know, the things that uh, we've done well on. Uh, I personally think uh, craft cider could be another one. Um, and, uh, for us, but for us to get there, we need to, number one, we need to have a, uh, a sort of dominant position in our local marketplace. Uh, we have the highest market share of all the beverage alcohol category categories, uh, as far as cider goes. And so we're, you know, and, you know, obviously we, we, we did it with very limited resource. Um, it's, uh, it's something that I do feel that uh, we, you know, if anyone were to have a dominant position, when I mean dominant, dominant position, I mean over 50%. Um, when you look at the, uh, some of the, uh, the, uh, the North American jurisdictions, um, usually when you're o- over 50%, that category kind of, uh, you can kind of say that's your, that's your thing. That's something that you do really well on. Uh, and that's accepted by the marketplace. It's not just a bunch of producers, you know, punting their chest and be like, hey, we're the best. No, the market actually thinks that you are the best. And, uh, and that's really what it comes down to it. Like, uh, and, uh, and, and because of our rich history with growing apples, and obviously uh, we have, um, you know, we have, you know, we, we, I would say the markets, um, you know, for the long, ter- no, for the long time, is, it's very, um, 
is very big, you know, big brand driven, but um, it's, uh, it, there is a chance, there's a good chance that the, the craft cider, just because of how much education uh, we still need to do when it comes to cider. That's why I think that it, there's a better chance for a cider to become the, uh, the dominant dominant. So yeah, going, coming back to your question, like, I would say that's uh, that's the number one thing I want to see is uh, for craft cider to uh, to to cross that fifty percent market share. I don't know when that's hap- going to happen. Hopefully sooner. Um, but um, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's so you know when people think about cider, it's not you know strong bore or summer speed. Uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 Ontario craft cider, and uh, and I think uh, I think that's just uh, that you know I would love to see that. Um, hopefully, you know, very soon. So, so that's sort of my big goal. Before we get to some of what Ironwood's doing down the future and what you're excited about, uh, I'd love you to just quickly name a couple of your favorite products and some of the people in the industry that you, that you really like (laughs) or enjoy. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, so, You know, I have to be really, you know, careful with this. Uh, I, I have a, uh, I would say like, um, you know, my palette is probably, you know, like, you know, I wouldn't call it events, but uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I have more of a acquired taste when it comes to, uh, you know, tasting ciders that are, I feel is very unique and has a distinguished flavor. Uh, and to that, I would say um, Spiritry and, and West App, uh, they make, the other ciders, I, I do think that uh, there's there are some unique uh, flavors that I can I can really distinguish. I'll be like, yep, this is from that producer, and that's and that's that's something that uh, you know it takes a lot of work to get there, um, and uh, and 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 so those I would say those are probably the um, you know the two producers that I like the most from a uniqueness standpoint, um, and uh, you know. I, and uh, so yeah, so those would be uh, I would say would be my uh, my two uh, two 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 sort of uh, favorite cider producers for sure. Pretty established producers, traditional methods, but also willing to try something a little bit more unique. Um, their own, uh, you know, go- both have gorgeous places. I mean, full disclosure, right. uh, we are right. getting married, Bethany and I, uh, in October at West Ave. Uh, you know, yeah. so they they offer you know all of those types of of experiences as well. Um, quite yeah. a bit like what you're doing. You have a new place opening up. Do you want to? Tell me a little bit about uh, what that plan is. And uh, right. if I recall correctly, the view over the back orchard is, is quite gorgeous as well. Right. So it's a modern building. Um, and uh, so essentially, you know, we want to, uh, when we build it, we wanted to make a statement. I mean, you have to, because Niagara Lake is very competitive when it comes to uh, tourism, uh, retail tourism. And, uh, and so we knew that uh, we had to bring our best shots. Obviously, it's not uh, exactly a chateau. It's, you know, it's, it's not what it is. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a modern farmhouse building. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of different ciders. Um, you know, moving to a new building allows us to really um, get into uh, different cider styles um, that I've been wanting to do for, for, for a while. I mean, we do do see some seasonals that we sell to licensees and you know for our markets and and obviously our own retail store um but uh, kind of um you know having a more robust uh comprehensive 
uh, ways of doing things is gonna definitely help you know people to learn more about uh, what cider can be. Um, so uh, so you know kind of going back to uh, sort of the uh, extending question. So uh, um, so when people come to our place, um, we want we're not we're gonna be like you know it doesn't matter what your knowledge level is with cider we're going to have a product that you're going to be happy you know, you're, you're going to find interesting about, you know, you're, you're going to be curious about. Um, so to that effect, we basically decided that uh, we're going to be focusing our cider productions on three major streams. And those threes are, um, so we call it modern, which is more of a mainstream tasting cider. Um, you know, something that's a little bit easy to, uh, to put together and uh, has a more of a, um, you know, you know consumer-friendly flavors. Um, and then uh, number two would be artisanal. So that's more of a uh, kiki, kind of a crappier way of doing things. Um, but uh, essentially, it's uh, using, you know, still, I would say, you know, culinary normal apple juice, but doing different things to it. So that way it tastes a little bit different, you know, whether it's skin contact, or, 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 or barrel aging or, or you know, all kinds of a more of a, you know, artisanal way of adding flavor into the products. And then lastly, we, you know, we have this thing called what I call it vintage, which is, you know, it's, it's, you know, every production is vintage because we do it during harvest and, uh, and that's it. Like we just, we only make one batch. That's what vintage really means. Um, and um, and these are especially apples that we procure from, uh, from 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 nearby orchards, whether it's European varietals or British varietals, um, or you know some of the more you know you know um, well known and you know you know good really good varietals like Spy or Russet. Um, those are like we and we don't do much to it. So basically, these are ambient fermentation, you know, very you know Asian neutral barrels. Um, it's something we want to reflect what that vintage looks like. Um, so that's why we call it vintage. Um, so that's probably more of a wine way of doing things because then you can really taste the tannin of the, these uh, different exotic apples because that's obviously that's the biggest difference between a culinary apple and a cider apple is that cider apples has a lot more acid and have a lot more tannin. And uh, sort of like how do you showcase those uh, those unique characters of apples that's uh that's something that so that's that's sort of what i wanted to do with those products um so with that being said it's like we're i'm pretty happy you know that's sort of the direction we want to take with uh with regard to focusing those three three streams and so that way when people come in hopefully i have something that everyone is interested you know and uh, sort of cater to them so uh, and i personally like you know i'm pretty I would say I'm pretty excited about all three of them as well. Um, I mean, I'm not uh, exactly uh, a super snob where I was like, nope, I only want to drink this type or that type. Uh, I think that uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty uh, depending. It really depends on location too, right? You know, what's the what the location is, and uh, you, you sort of drink what uh, what would go best with that sort of experience that you want to you want to get. So. Those, yeah, so when people come to Ireland, hopefully, uh, you know, whenever that is, uh, with the given regular, you know, with the current restrictions, um, you know, I, I hope people will be walking away with a new appreciation about cider and, uh, and apples. So, so yeah. 
Sounds like a really great learning facility and, and place, as you said, to, 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 to share that information with the consumer that they probably didn't know. Um, and, and I agree with you. I mean, I started into everything with, oh, here's a new summer's bee flavor here. What's strong, but what's Magners. And then, then you, you find your way into to something. And, you know, I think Ironwood was one of the first ones I remember having. I think County was one of the first ones that ever sort of said, wait a minute, we can do this. And then there's a lot of other people that have gone and said, yes, uh, obviously Ontario can do this and create this really neat product. Do you have anything um, exciting that's coming up that you want to share with us? Um, I mean, I mean, so from a product standpoint, um, I mean, obviously we've been working on those products for a while. Um, I think uh, the first vintage we made was two years ago. So we will be releasing those products, uh, I think, um, in the next uh, three or four months. Um, uh, product aside, what I'm really excited about is uh, is our new brand, the new rebranding, um, which uh, it took a, took a while to get there. And honestly, it was a uh, it was it was uh, I want to call it a painful process, but uh, it took a lot of soul searching in terms of uh, what I really think would um, would be very you know at the same time very, very meaningful to me, and also uh, and also uh, hopefully has some, uh, has some, uh, um, sort of, um, you know, you know, interest from the marketplace. Um, but, um, going back to what we we're discussing earlier about, um, you know, inclusiveness, uh, the new brand was sort of, um, you know, want to be the frontier, uh, of that, uh, of that, of that ideology, uh, in terms of really embracing the, uh, the, uh, the, the diversity and the inclusiveness in our community. Uh, so to that effect, uh, we, um, you know, as far, you know, with our new branding, we, we decided that we're going to be, you know, featuring local artists on, on our labels for, you know, throughout the entire lines. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, there are other producers who, who, who's, who's taken a similar uh, approach on that end. Um, but uh, the way we do it is that we want to be very focused. So we only work with four to six local artists a year. And essentially, the way that we uh, we select these uh, local artists uh, is that uh, they have to reflect the makeup of our communities. Um, so, uh, so this year, the artists that we're working with are um, uh, there's a, a, a Indian guy from uh, from uh, from Hamilton, and then we have a, a Jamaican girl, uh, a Hong Kong guy from Toronto, an Indigenous guy um, from Northern Ontario. And uh, and also uh, and a local uh, white female uh, in Niagara in, in Niagara, and then also this very Italian influence, uh, um, uh, you know, what uh, woman as well. Um, so it gives me a lot of um, uh, inspiration in terms of uh, what we can do. So um, the one thing that we are working on, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, no, you know, hopefully we'll still be the first one to launch that product uh, is. Um, so I was so usually when we work with the artists, I would you know try to not say interview, but just have a chat with them, just kind of you know learn a little bit more about them because uh, we're featuring their artwork also in our space uh, year round, and uh, we're sort of like a partners, right? It's not just like a one off. Hey, I get your art, great, see you later, sort of thing. No, like it's it's you know we're building relationships uh, with them and their culture, and so I want to know more about their culture, and uh, so. Uh, when I was talking to uh, Camille, uh, which is uh, the uh, Jamaican uh, female artist that we're working with, 
I asked them like, what's so, what's uh, what would you say is a very uh, unique, distinguished Jamaican flavor? And she, you know, she didn't hesitate. She said sorrel, sorrel, which is a, uh, which is a hibiscus drink from Jamaica and that everyone drinks apparently there. And I didn't know this before. I was like, oh, okay, what's that? So, uh, so then she started talking to me, explaining me a little bit more. Um, we obviously have, um, you know, quite a bit of Jamaican workers here in Niagara Lake. And um, so, uh, you know, so I was, you know, I was just like, okay, so is this a thing that, like, you know, you guys really like, and they're just, everyone just like, yes. And uh, you're supposed to add alcohol in there too <laughs> when you drink it. So, uh, so I was just like, so that was just like, then we need to make something like that too. Um, and then put the, uh, you know, their artworks on it. So that way it's yours. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, from, a, uh, from, a, from, a, from a synergy standpoint, I, I, I honestly think there's nothing more Canadian than that. We're using a Canadian, you know, locally grown apples as the base. We're infusing different flavors from the different cultures that we find in our communities. And uh, it's, there's nothing more Canadian than that. That's the way I see it. Whether it's a, you know, Irish inspired cider or, uh, or Italian inspired cider, there's nothing more Canadian than that because everyone's kind of got their own unique flavors that they, they enjoy. And, uh, you know, for us to kind of take that position and uh, sort of like, hey, like, you know, and just, you know, kind of stay open minded and uh, sort of, um, you know, as opposed to trying to read up, you know, the, uh, the drinks kind of like the 2020, 21 trends, you know, flavor trends of the year. You know, I, I, I would say like, I personally actually would rather do more like, these are the flavors that really signifies, represent that culture. We want to do it and obviously want to do it well. And, uh, and hopefully that way when we do it and we could become, you know, more of an influencing brand, we can allow more people to know about other cultures. So that way it wouldn't, you know, people like me wouldn't be so ignorant because they, I, I would have known already that uh, it's a really uh, popular Jamaican drink because I tried it from Ironwood and they say this, you know, it's a popular, you know, flavor from Jamaica. So um, those are the things that get me, you know, super excited and uh, sort of like giving me like a really renewed, you know, enthusiasm. I mean, it, I'm not going to lie, like it's a very grinding industry. Um, so a lot of time you can fit, you know, you can, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, um, challenges that could be hard to overcome. Um, but uh, once I figured this new thing out and decided that this, you know, we're definitely putting this into our DNA, um, I, I honestly, I feel like, I feel like a hundred times better because um, not only does it hopefully align with the, uh, the business objectives of the operation, but it super aligns with my personal value. And, uh, and, and, and there's, not, there's no better feeling than that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so those are, that, that's sort of the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the exciting thing that I, 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 you know, hopefully, you know, over the next, uh, year or two or a few years, you know, we can do some really cool products and, uh, and get some really feedback, uh, from the, uh, from the communities that we're working with on that and, uh, and, and sort of take it and you know, take it from there. Well, I'm excited to see what you have coming forward. I know your new cider maker uh, joined about two and a half years ago, two years ago or so. 
Um, and uh, right. was re- really interested in, you know, I got to sample a little bit of what you had on the way and, and heard a little bit of what were in some of the barrels back then and uh, really exciting going right. forward. Where do people get more information and, and contact uh, for, for what you're offering? Do you have a, do you have a website um, all that? I'm yeah, sure. I mean, that's the way it's our yeah, so uh, we're being a little bit behind on marketing end, uh, just because uh, we really stripped down to the bones with the everything that's happening with the COVID. Um, but in the process of uh, putting, you know, um, you know, a team together, um, and uh, you know, the best way to learn is definitely social or email, you know, newsletters. Um, something that we want to do more on for sure. Um, so uh, I'd say, yeah, IG is probably the the, the best bet. Um, and, uh, hopefully, yeah, I mean, we're going to be, uh, I think we had a goal of releasing over 50 products earlier this year, um, in terms of what we're hoping to do this year. I think that's maybe sound a little bit too aggressive with what's going on this year because of, uh, because of the pandemic. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely, you know, shooting for, you know, hopefully one new flavor per week sort of uh, frequency eventually and uh, so um, and with the uh, the new concept that we have uh, oh like the sky's the limits you know once I started to uh, tackle into these uh, different flavors um, from different communities oh there's like there's hundreds if not thousands of flavors to venture into and uh, and like I said we're not really just looking at the uh, you know, the, uh, the sales leaders, you know, from different markets, what, you know, most guys would do when they're trying to like figure out what their new flavor is going to be. Uh, no, we go straight to the source. We go to, uh, we go to a neighborhood, we talk to different people and we're like, so what are you feeling? Like, you know, what's your goal to? And, uh, I personally think that's a, that's the best way to go about things. And, uh, and because cider is so new and there's no, not really any sort of a preconceived that you have to be, obviously we're still going to have like, you know, apple, you know, flavors, I don't know, like just, you know, straight ciders. Um, but, uh, from a flavor standpoint, um, that gives us a lot of, uh, versatility in when it comes to, uh, new flavors. And, uh, you know, we still have our artisanal things where we're doing, you know, a little bit more geeky stuff. Um, you know, whether we're using, um, you know, foraged, um, um, you know, um, botanicals or stuff like that, which is, you know, pretty big nowadays. Um, so we're still doing that. Um, it's just that, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm just personally, I'm very, uh, I'm very intrigued by the, uh, by the potential of, uh, of going into uh, neighborhoods and, uh, and really trying to get to the bottom of, uh, you know, what are the sort of the unique flavors, um, you know, that, you know, what, you know, maybe it could be Polish. I don't know. Like, you know, it's just, there's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different flavors out there. I would just want to uh, go in and figure out, um, you know, we can flavor together in a modern way, you know, through blending, or we can put the flavor together in an artisanal way. You know, you know, depending on what the product is, where we see, you know, the, uh, you know, where we see the product goes, um, you know, it's, it's very versatile. I mean, the only thing is probably vintage is a little bit like, you know, it's very cookie cutter, you know, we have to do things a certain way. Um, but the, uh, but the modern and the artisanal are like, you can do whatever you want. And as long as it tastes good, uh, as a unique, uh, proposition, um, 
hopefully people will be get excited from that. So, yeah. Well, Richard, I'm excited for what you have coming forward. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk about Ironwood and, and some of your background and your history um, and, and hopefully where we see the future going. So really appreciate it again today. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much.